Hey, bud. What's up? Guess what time it is? Fall. Yes. You know what that means? That means that the the trees are shedding their leaves. Indeed, indeed. You know what does not shed leaves automatically? Chesticles, testicles, and cheeks. Right. So it is time for some fresh ball fall action. Yeah. My friends. Manscaped, the lawnmower 4.0, featuring their patented skin safe technology. Mm-hmm. Guys. If, you, if you're not using Manscaped yet, what are you waiting for? Come on. And what do your balls look like? Ooh. <laughs> right? It's got an LED light, so mm-hmm. if you're worried about nicking something or not being able to see, you don't have to worry. The lawnmower has it. Shave in the dark. Exactly. You, it's waterproof. It go is into, waterproof. Go into the shower. If you don't want to make a mess outside the shower, go in the shower. Shave do in a there. dark shower. <laughs> yeah, you can do that with Manscaped. Uh, if you go to manscaped.com, Use the promo code BACONPOD. It'll give you 20% off and free shipping. Free shipping. And it's not even just for the lawnmower. No, it's for everything. You can get the crop mops, shampoo, they have body soap, they have lotions, all kinds of things. Check it out, manscaped.com. If you can't remember the promo code, just jump over to baconsbypodcast.com and check out our sponsors page. Always remember to clean your testicles, your chesticles, and your cheeks with Manscaped. Yeah, man. What's your bacon? <laughs> man, that's a promo. That's the promo. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a count to three, and you're gonna make whatever face you want for the thumbnail of this. So you have a choice. No, I was oh. like, should I just eat my pork chop? <laughs> yes, you totally can. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely fine with that. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Perfect. It's like I'm not putting that in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to. It, would, it wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing that's happened here. No. Although it would have made for a great thumbnail uh, description. Yes. Yeah. I'm just. I'm like my team will be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Pork chops. I mean, pork podcast. chop on a show called Bacon is my podcast. That's what I'm doing. Bacon. Bacon is my podcast. Bacon. Bacon, Bacon is my. Real quick, guys, welcome to Bacon is my podcast. Yeah. We had a buddy on today uh, for this episode. So when we did What's Your Bacon in Seven Questions and hopped into the main episode, it was just basically seamless. We were talking so much in between the episodes that it just kind of continued right yes. through. So we're going to give that all to you guys uh, instead of trying to chop it up cleverly. So this is a real quick intro. Yes. So today we've got our buddy Kyler Sane. From the Muckrakers, from you know Stock, you know him. He's local, uh, just like a really awesome contributor to our scene. Yeah, um, a huge supporter of just fucking whatever anybody's doing. Um, huge presence on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, a real great follow on Facebook. If you get a chance, like, yeah, dude, dude just wants to. It, he wants to engage. Wants to interact wants to talk, has a lot of good things to say, and uh, we talk We talk about some pretty 
pretty uh, yeah, we're serious all over the, shit. We're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Check it so, out. Let's go. Check it out. Shavy Nuts. Manscaped. Like, I was tired, man. I took two naps. <laughs> I my damn pork chops. <laughs> All right. You would think after two naps, right? But two naps. Well, never naps really naps are deceiving. There, That's there what are I'm two saying. types, and I think I think at Beery's we might have like talked about it because you were talking about naps, and I, I remember talking. I about I thought you were like, gonna be like, I think at Beery's we both napped. <laughs> well, yeah, we all. We well, nap. yeah, you did play. You did, I did play eventually. Yeah, so. I did. So that would have um, been an opportune time. Um, but no, I, I feel like there's like, you're either super refreshed, but then there's like a point with like how long they go. Yeah. And then they're just completely detrimental to the rest of your day. And if you're 30 yeah. seconds over that, that, right, that like, line, it's like, if you wake up right now, you're good. If you wake up in 30 seconds, you are shit it. for the day. Yeah. Now that I'm off meds. I can, like, wake up and not feel like I have to, like, depresso sleep. Because, like, I was just sleeping until, like, noon a lot of the time recently. Because I also don't have uh, a day job because I had to quit on recently. And uh, once I got off of meds, I was, like, I jumped up. I was, like, a quarter to seven. And I had to finish a course. I think it was, like, yesterday. And I was, like, I'm going to have to do a whole week of things in the morning. And I did a whole week of things the night before. And I was just, like... My brain is just, there's no brain fog. And I thought I was going to have more withdrawal things because when I got off of meds last time, it was because I was on these other meds that made me not able to hold down food for a month in June. Oh, and that's man. when I went into playing that Nita show with Lions of the Gates also. And once I got connected with Demi Lovato on that one post, whatever that I shared, that's when. Like, I had cold turkey off of all these meds that morning because I, I needed to eat again. And all of these crazy side effects hit me the same moment I got starstruck. And I was just like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm like, my heart is just like racing like crazy. I have all this anxiety. I'm like, Demi Lovato and Nita are going to hate me now because of everything I say. Because I said you instead of I or this or that or because my punctuation's off. It's right. just like I had nightmares. All these things were crazy. And once I got off of medication this time, it's like uh, I think I was a little bit anxious when I had band practice. But I think everyone was just like tired. So I think I was just overthinking it. But I'm pretty much fine. I didn't have like any withdrawal symptoms. That's good. Yeah, I, I went off of medication and re like recently and it, I didn't have... Like you, usually what, what would happen is it, I would have to taper and every time I tapered for like a week after I tapered, I was like, wow, I feel like garbage. And this time it didn't happen. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just like being in a better frame of mind overall. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I always, I always have that anxiety of, um, everybody's going to hate something I say or write or do because of punctuation or I'm saying the wrong thing <laughs> anyway. So uh yeah. I can't I can't chance anything that's gonna make that worse. Yeah. Otherwise I just won't move. <laughs> I just... Yeah. I mean being on being on meds uh this last time was just like so many side effects that it was just like I feel like I was just taking poison. It was just killing my brain. Oh. Um so when I was like doing a little Mary J while on it. Uh, it was probably the worst medicine to be doing it with, apparently, because it just made me, like, 
my brain cells were just like, you don't have a brain. And you're also depressed, even though you're on it for depression. Right. So, like, I hit this, like, I would, I originally said it was like an ideation, but it was more of like a hopelessness that you kind of fall into this, like, dark hole. And, you know, I'm telling my doctors about it and everything. And uh, eventually, you know, I just was like, I can't smoke when I'm doing this or anything. And it kind of served as like an inspiration to like the next song that I started writing. Cause like I wrote a song leading to the Nita show that was inspired by Demi Lovato, which was like a very funny scenario that that all happened. But this song, uh, I also just played Baldur's Gate three and there's like a lot of this things with the mind flares and they're putting stuff in your eye and then you're like getting mind controlled and eventually you could become a mind flayer. And that's kind of how they do the thing. It's all messed up. So I wrote the song uh, kind of making a tie-in between them and the medication. It's called the Lithid, which is a synonym for Mind Flayers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just thought that I was like, is that like Mike Tyson saying illicit? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote yeah. my song with a lisp. It t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so just, this song just to make everyone angry. That's why I did that. <laughs> so yeah, this song's all about brooding, but kind of being like, I'm kind of tired of this, and so you know, I cold turkeyed off of those meds and immediately bounced back. And like, I was at that event last night, and I was telling them, like, I'm talking a lot to you right now, but I was just at a live after five. And I think the last time I was at it, I was just like antisocial i i realized how bad it was because i was talking to shannon my bassist and i was just like saying how like all my friends that i keep seeing every time i'm here like they're not saying hi today or something or like overthinking a lot of things or being like i don't want to be here like i'm just upset or something like why i'm just tired of being here because it's like kind of a groundhog day thing because you're there over and over and over yeah, again yeah, yeah. uh but like if i wasn't feeling depressed i probably wouldn't have been worrying about it so much and when i'm like telling him how i'm feeling he's like what i'm having a great time i'm like shit i'm probably depressed <laughs> 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 yeah. i'm like it's definitely not because i'm worried about money or like uh not having a job because when i work for my company you know i'm not worried about food or anything because uh we don't pay ourselves to do all these rentals we just we recently started paying ourselves by uh spending some of that money on eating while we do these jobs hey a meal while you're working man that's a big deal yeah like doing getting uh we did it when we we went to uh uh capulet fest Mm -hmm. we did we did uh a pizza we did a pizza where we were like we're paying for this for with our money that we, right? That we spent on this thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I've had to be like my little own therapist, kind of deciphering what is actually a situational problem and what has been like uh, something else that's like doesn't need to be in there, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, and 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 we're, we're like already into the episode, so we're gonna have to oh, do we an have intro. Been. Yeah, yeah we have we're been. gonna do the intro yeah, early, yeah. but like. Um, when you're dealing with that kind of stuff, I, I've been on and off medication myself and, and, and stuff like that. And it's just like you hit a certain point 
whether or not you're on the medication where you're just not nice to yourself. And unless you take, like, a couple of steps back and then kind of read the room and, like, really focus on it, it's really hard to, to decipher that. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I mean, the fact that you're able to do it is fucking awesome because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of fucking work to do it. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics to the, the chorus of the song that I wrote is, uh, all that I've been led to believe is a fraction of what I have left of my mind. It's hard to decipher who you are half the time where when they're inside your head and they're fucking up your life. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's like tying in the medication and also like the mind flyer thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, um, so you you mentioned you played Nita Strauss and um, this whole Demi Lovato thing. So, for the people who don't know the story uh, behind it, would you, would you mind sharing it? Yeah, I think we saw each other like the day before that all happened. It was it was literally the day before yeah, you were telling before. me about like I just shot a video today. Yeah, I'm fucking mm-hmm. tired playing a show in Brooklyn tomorrow with Nita Strauss. Yep. Yeah, that was like the day. The, the I was like throwing up at that music video. It was like a Fight Club thing with uh, yeah, yeah. A, yep. a Phoenix Within. This was like the the last few days of being on those medications where I was like losing all those weight. Like I lost 20 pounds in like three weeks or so. Wow. Um, so, you know, I saw you guys and then the next day we go to the show and I'm like dying on the ride there because it's so freaking hot. My tour van does not have a working air conditioner. <laughs> so I like I'm sober at this point for the first time in a while. Like that was like a big thing about that week is that I sobered up. I finished a new song inspired by Demi Lovato. And I was like, I'm just going to like make it through getting through this show because I didn't have a lot of time to promote it. And I just want to make the best of it, which is why I was like, I'm going to go do this music video thing also and um so i get to the show and the first person i decide i gotta see uh well i had a bunch of the people from the music video there to help load in and whatever um who i only met the day before so that was nice they showed up and bought tickets when i was throwing up which is nice. funny um <laughs> They're like, what's your Venmo? I'm like, ah. <laughs> But uh, so I go in there and I see Christian from El Nino and he was in Alliance of the Gate. And uh, I also Aru, who is from Machine Head and everything. And I go up to Christian. And I'm just like, Hi, I'm from, uh, I'm from Muckers. My name is Kyler. I'm just... So I just want to say hi, big fan, blah, 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 blah. I got to go get my stuff. And he's just like, I'm out of breath. And he's just like, it's all right. We're going to talk on that. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, that's right. <laughs> and then I just laughed. You know, I <laughs> and then, then eventually I had to go get all the merch. And uh, this this was a tough day because Allie was at a, her uh, a graduation party for her cousin. So she normally does our merch. Uh, so I had to like set it all up. And Shannon was late because uh, I think he was partying hardcore, doing a brunch thing that day. So he showed up after I set up all that stuff. Anyway, um, so I had to, like, set up the merch in between the tour package. I didn't know where else to put it. The other first band didn't really set up merch, I don't think. And I know that they're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because I can. And, like, the the runners of the show said they can, and they were helping me. So I'm going to do what I want to do. And then I was all right. Um, so there was some like confusion that day, but, um, 
anyway, so the first band plays, and they're like tight, and that band was called Mainline. But by the time we were supposed to set up, I guess uh, some time had went over the schedule, and we had three minutes to set up. <laughs> quick so, start. yeah, and it's a tight schedule because we're playing with practically uh, mainstream acts, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. You know, Nita's the guitarist, Ralph Cooper, Demi Lovato, Lines of the Gate as members from El Nino, who is a Roadrunner band, Machine Head members. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, ah, okay. So I just plugged in my, all my pedals and just like throwing cables everywhere and like it's working. But then I plug in my amp into the same thing. It's not turning on. Oh. I have no time to think about it. So I go up to the guitarist, presumably of the other band. I'm like, I need your amp head. And he never, I never even said hi to him yet. And he's just like, what? And then like eventually came back and then like the sound guy, we got the thing set up and I was like, I don't need it anymore. Thank you. (laughs) And then he was like, there's no time for a sound check. I'm like, that's okay. And then I was just like, we're going to do this. And then, you know, it's just like, we're not even on the stage at the Meadows in Brooklyn. We're just off of the stage right in front of it. And there's just a crowd of people right in front of us, like a bunch of, uh, it's like an older crowd, but there's a bunch of kids also right up in the front. And I had my friends, some of them who are playing like Mino Stock, like Father Before Me is there shooting it with my phone for the live video. And uh, so we play like the intro and like our intro sequence is like four songs, like a medley. So like our intro, we had to cut Territorial Pissings, but then we were going into uh, Halloween Princess and then would go in the parasite because we have the music video together and they're in the same key. And once he finished Halloween Princess, Shannon broke his E string. And I'm just like turning back to get into the next song. And I'm just like, what's happening? And then they're just like looking at each other. And then John's just like, he broke his string. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and then I just hit the whammy pedal which I only used at that show for like the first time and I hit the lower register on it. So I had like a lower octave and I was just like, I'm the bassist now. And then I was just like, we're going into parasite and Shannon for the rest of the set, he just started tuning his bass and transposing for the rest of the set. Wow. That's also knowing we were going to debut a song and we just figured it out. So, you know, we played the rest of the set that way. And, uh, it was just kind of like, um, all of a sudden, it was like a freeform jazz version of our set, and uh, it was funny. <laughs> and I was like, my hair is just like bleeding through into my eyes, and like I'm having all the sweat. Couldn't even keep my eyes open. By the time I got to certain songs halfway through the set, we got to play the new song "Pain," which was inspired by Demi Lovato and some other songs, and. Um, uh, it was well received, and then we got to finish out the set, and then um, debatable on my ethic, but I was outside for most of the rest of the show because I was trying to catch my breath. I was pretty much dead. I couldn't really talk to people because I had no food in my stomach for a whole month for the most part. So I couldn't even talk to my friends who were trying to get me on other shows. <laughs> but I did apologize to the guy I was yelling at about the guitar thing. Right, right. I got to catch up. Um, and... 
I remember El Nino's uh, lines of the gate guys they were playing, and I was like, yeah. And then Juanita was playing. I just remember a bunch of people kept filing out, coming to us to be like, Nino's talking about you guys. Like, they're not talking about the other band that paid before you, and they're not talking about their tour support. They're just talking about you on stage right now. <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> like, like saying like your hometown heroes and all these random other things and it's like nice and i'm like i'm like i'm dying that's nice <laughs> so i'm just like trying to just get through the night i'm just like i was just happy that i got to write a new song for the first time since lockdown that was like for the band and got to debut it that's all i wanted to do so the show ends for the most part and I guess John had walked away and eventually he came back and uh, I was trying to find him. But like everyone's hovering around Nita's uh, space and the merch people are just like, are you going to buy a thing? Are you going to buy a thing? Are you going to buy a thing? And then Nita's just standing there like, and everyone's just staring at her like, <laughs> like no one's making any moves. You know, some people are buying things, but it's like moving pretty slow. And I'm like, guys, like we gotta, we gotta do something right now. And there's like, it looks like everyone wants to interact. I'm like, well, they're not. So <laughs> I'm going to do something. <laughs> so I was like, I ain't even got money in my pocket. I was just like, uh, I got very limited funds. So I was like, I just took my card out. I was like, I'm going to buy a shirt. And then I went up to Nina. I was like, hi, I'm Kyle from the Muckrakers. And she was like, immediately like, I know. And then I was just like, I saw you with Demi Lovato in Connecticut last year. And then you know, that show inspired me to transition to female again. And she's like, can I tell that to Demi Lovato? I was like, what? <laughs> like, can I tell Demi about that? She would love to hear that. And I was like, can we hug now? And then we hugging. And then uh, we're talking about some stuff. And then talking about getting a photo together. And then we're like trying to get someone to take a photo and then she just rips my phone out of my hand in a friendly way and she's like trying to take the photo I'm like wait and I'm like we gotta put flash on so we're like holding each other's hands basically <laughs> and then when the photo happens and I look like trash but she looks good and everyone else looks like they're having a good time and she signs all the shirts and does that thing and then then I was like I'm a buy a shirt from Lions of the Gates, and that was nice, and uh, I was like, I don't even need to hear a follow-up from this experience. Just the fact that I was only a fan for, of Demi Lovato for, like, about a year, and that was even presented to me. It was just, like, mind-blown, because, like, no effects got me into music, and I've seen them twice. I have friends that worked on albums with them. I have friends who have played shows with them, I've been in their presence, and I've still never met them. <laughs> and you know, I've like I've met like Andrew Jackson Jihad with like Sean Bonnet, and the first time I met them, that I had an experience, and that was great. And the second time, I was now dating Allie, and turns out her best friend was in the band, and that was cool. And we got to hang out with him and talk more about like they want to play Muno stock, what are they doing with the band at the moment, yada yada. But like this was just like a total another level because a lot of the bands that I like are just like. Um, comparatively way smaller. Because, <laughs> right, right. you know, Demi Lovato is like literally, you know, she just left her manager like last week and her manager was Taylor Swift's manager and Aria Garani literally left the manager and the same person like the next day. So it's just like kind of hitting me. Anyway, the next day after the show was Father's Day, 
I was like, I think I need to get off these meds because I'm going to fucking die. So the next day, I talked to my doctor and he said, I'm getting off of this. I'm just not going to take them anymore. She's like, you're going to have some side effects. I'm like, well, I need to eat, so I don't really care. So a couple hours pass, and I see a notification on the photo of us hanging out, like at the show that Nita took. And she's like, I salute you. I told Demi, you know, cool shit, basically. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I posted on Facebook, and everyone freaks out. And I'm like, that was enough for me again. Um, but I'm trying to cool off. And I go take a shower. And I come back two hours later, try to have my head on straight. Turn my phone on. And then the first thing I see, two minutes earlier, Demi Lovato is now in my notifications. And she's just like saying how, oh, thank you for sharing this story. It means the world to me and a bunch of hearts and stuff. And I jumped out of my seat and I said, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And so I put that up on the internet and whatever. Um, So, you know, that at the same moment, all my withdrawal effects happened, and then uh, that lasted for about two weeks. And I was paranoid as shit that Demi was going to hate me or this or that, what I said earlier. And what I did to cope with that was that uh, I went to 10 events in 11 days. <laughs> <laughs> and that was exhausting. But I, I had to because my heartbeat was literally like... Right, right, yeah. And it was just like I felt like I was literally going to die. I felt like the withdrawal had so many side effects. But the best way to sum it up in like a sentence is that I felt like I was going through the transformation of the fly for two weeks. <laughs> I felt like I was breaking through my own skin. Yeah. That's a crazy so. amount of just ups and downs. Yeah. I literally was in like a... Before I sobered up and wrote the song and the whole Demi thing happened, I was literally at like a like a rock bottom scenario literally just moments before that so like talk about you know peaks and valleys (laughs) time out yeah have you guys checked out baconismypodcast.com yet it's like the portal to everything bacon is my podcast it's got episodes Mm -hmm. it's got music yeah it's got swag (laughs) and it has a portal to all of our sponsors our awesome sponsors like grillyourassoff.com drink wild bills Manscaped, and uh, of course, Mythical Beards. Mythical Beards, yeah. So check it out. I mean, you can just, from one page, find so many things. Yes. Right? Check out our swag. Check yeah. out their swag. Get those discount codes. And just, you know, help out the show. Exactly. And always remember to ask yourself one super important question. Mm, what's your bacon? Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I've, you mentioned, like, it was the first song that you've written since pandemic for muck was it the is it the like have you been writing other things or was this like you just it's the last one we finished and got the debut because i wrote a lot of songs that we just i didn't have uh just didn't finish writing lyrics to i even have like lyrics to certain songs that were like inspired like by some cky and pendulum royal blood stuff um wrote a song that's basically just sounds like the use pretty handsome awkward and i didn't realize it until i was done and um shannon's writing a song and he just needs to get a chorus lyrics done and i wrote like 
somewhere from 30 to 50 like video game music like the mm-hmm. lo-fi kind of music things in like 2021 and we also did like a lot of recording of like video game covers we only put one of them out in 2021 uh, because we actually also made a, a recording studio we just didn't do a whole lot with that because then we started playing shows and then the festival and all these other things started picking back up but uh we only put out the the super mario 64 bowser theme and but we also recorded the persona 5 theme which is like a really jazzy kind of thing and then we also recorded uh the mortal Kombat theme and then we did um the Pokemon Center theme, and we were gonna do the Home Depot theme, ah, uh, <laughs> the Cantina theme from Star Wars, mm-hmm. and there were so many things that we recorded and literally still have, and we will eventually put out. Um, and seeing as I did make a lot of content from streaming and YouTube and TikTok, like was always like inspired by making like tim and eric videos one of the things i was doing especially with the mortal Kombat thing is like shannon already has a sub-zero cosplay so like we all just dressed up like mortal Kombat characters whatever and we just like shot like what they did when they made the first mortal Kombat and like green screened ourselves into mortal Kombat, and i pixelated us and just popped us into the game and then also made us perform inside the game and I just never released it yet because oh, uh, we never got a final mix. I want to see this so bad. Yeah. That's great. That looks <laughs> That sounds amazing. I mean, so you, you guys, you know, obviously the, the pandemic came. You, you made a huge shift in your, uh, you know, your presentation and what, what you guys were putting into, you know, the way you were releasing stuff and like you said you were doing a lot of tiktok and streaming well, and stuff like yeah that. we we also did you know stock didn't stop being a thing also like we did the show on the go for five episodes yeah oh i just thought that that was like a waste of my time because i was just like i'm streaming literally three five times a week anyway right so i was just like i didn't really i felt like i had a better idea what to do with my time but like i also was just getting such of i feel like a lot of people had an idea of where they stood in the world before the world stopped and it was a little bit more exaggerated than maybe what it really was to a degree and a lot of people had to accept where it just stands now and we just have to move roll with the punches and i was always like thinking that once i started doing a different thing whether it was streaming or making youtube content like, I don't always have to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I can only do so much with my time. And I was always, like, feeling like we need to just become, like, how did Corpse become famous during, like, uh, friggin' lockdown? He was already famous. He was making friggin' videos doing uh, horror-related things, and he did rap. And then he got on the stuff with, like, Valkyrie and machine gun kelly and just like all these things started happening but he was already famous it's like that's not a very smart idea it's just like (laughs) he just already was he already had a platform and it made sense that when he wanted to do something else people were going to support him and my brain was just like i'm i'm gonna go do this and i'm gonna try to build this up but the thing is like i wasn't it's not that i wasn't passionate about doing streaming it's just like there's only so much 
you can do before you start having an identity crisis because I was spending so much time building up a thing and it's hard not to be like in my past life I was doing this and that and this and that and like being a band person and doing music scene stuff and it's just like there's only so many times you want to just like talk about the same stuff on stream where it was like the video games or anime it's just like the same things over and over again and it was just like it was it was weird i started to break out and just be like who i was in general it's like we just watched rocky 2 and he wanted to go and retire immediately and then try to do a job or like do commercials but then it's like it's all i know it's all i know it's like that's me you know music is not all i know but it's that is who i am and uh these are all powerful tools being able to like become a personality on streaming because we did do the show on the go where we had a bunch of bands from all over the country uh do things we had recorded skits and we did host them and we all figured it out because there was nothing else to do and we also did stream me and my fiance and after a couple of months of doing that i had set up a multi-cam stream where the band would do it in my room and that was all fun but it's just like once the world had opened up it's just like we have to figure out what the next thing is and i was like i wanted to make tiktoks but also what people tell you you got to do to become famous on tiktok isn't always what you want to do and i always wanted to do something that was going to spend way more time and i always wanted to make the green screen crazy stupid tim and eric stuff where it's just like uh i don't know if you saw like the mino stock uh promo last year where it's just like saturday 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 and then we're just talking on doing all the stupid stuff and talking about my cat and like shannon's talking about stuff and i'm trying to tell him inside of the recording what to say and he's messing it up and he's walking away from the green screen so half of the video is the green screen half of it is my room and i'm like what about this what about that and he's like yeah and what about that and he's like yeah and i'm just like but like that's a f- like the kind of humor we're going for it's oh, just yeah. like and then we put an ad behind it, and then we have strangers coming to Mino stock last year. And you're like, "Where's the cat? Where's this? What do you do?" It was like, <laughs> it's just like I don't know, but I, I don't even know where I started on this tangent. But yeah, we basically had a pip. So you know, when lockdown happened, you know, I lost my job, and I didn't know that immediately. I played Witcher three for like a month and a half, and a hundred percent completed it. And wow. we had a, a month and a half. Yeah. Damn. One hundred and fifty hours. <laughs> It's a big-ass game. So, I mean, that's all I did. But basically, we had a meeting with one of our friends who worked for Upcomer, the magazine. And basically, they're like, a lot of music people are going into streaming, doing a lot of this and that. This is before I I was even thinking about it. I was like, I don't want to do that. But that's how I say, that's what I say to everything before I just decide I'm going to do it. (laughs) And so... Uh, I was like, I guess I'm going to do this. And I was like, well, you know, Allie and I's relationship is possibly more popular than either of us individually. <laughs> so I was just like, let's do it this way. And, you know, we had all these like challenges that I didn't expect people to like make us do when like they start giving us money. <laughs> <laughs> so like I had a sub challenge that was like a placeholder. I was like 20 subs and I'll eat a whole loaf of bread. And boy, someone saw that and they were like, well, hope you're hungry. And (laughs) 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 
So, you know, back when that all happened, like, my computer was just, it could not handle it. It, like, melted through, like, that whole couple times of streaming. Like, we built a new computer. It was always crashing. Uh, My friend who helped me with that ended up just giving me his more powerful computer, which is what I'm using right now. We invested in it the camera that you see and the new lens and I already had this mic but a whole system uh, whole, a whole lot of stuff that just makes streaming more accessible and then like we always did like the art streams, the cooking streams literally like we collaborated with a bunch of people to a degree and uh, you know when Fall Guys came out like that was a big thing for us also and like we did Honk Fest like we had our own little festival where it's just like we had our revolving door of streamers just come in for like, I think it was like 10 hours. And I think we made like maybe $800 that day. And that was kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, but I think one thing that kind of got me uh, towards the end of that is just like, I had to move. Like I'm in my apartment right now. And um, I ended up having to get a job. And once I had to start worrying about money, it's just like, it took the fun out of doing streaming that I barely had. And it just made it like me worrying about like, can we make money again? Like, because once I have to worry about bills, like I can't not be pressured to be doing that. Um, but yeah. And I was making YouTube videos too. When they become jobs. Yeah. And especially when part of what attracted people is, uh, overindulging on eating food that would make you throw up that was like mukbanging was basically part of it because like eat a whole pizza eat a bunch of wings eat a whole thing of pickles like all these random things it was just like making me sick and it it did not help that we had so many people that were like throwing a lot of money at us so like we were blowing up we were going to become like partners if i just kept it going at a certain rate but also, we had some people that were, like, pyramid scheming us a bit by, like, taking all the people that I was, like, finding. And, like, I was growing a following, like, crazy on uh, Twitch uh, Twitch and Twitter and whatever. And uh, it was just, like, this weird thing where it was, like, if everyone just supports each other, we could all become Twitch partners. And I'm, like, uh, I technically, you're just going to make everyone know each other, but then they're all going to probably like you. And then kind of ignore everyone else because it's literally impossible to have everyone support over 75 people. Um, So that's kind of what happened. I was kind of like at the top of the hierarchy with these people. And it was weird. And I just felt like I was being taken advantage by one person. And then there was another person who said he was friends with like a day to remember. But this guy was like always doing all these massive giveaways and stuff. And it was just like predatory at other points. And it was just like so many things I wish I wrote songs about and I kind of suppressed my memories about, but it's just like, there's so much politics because all of a sudden, if you think I know a lot of people from doing music stuff, I knew just as many people within like a month or two span just from being on Twitter. And my brain was just like bleeding, trying to just keep everything under wraps because no one knew who I was. And I was like, not trying to be anonymous, but I had to form an identity based off of just kind of like, what do I tell people? Because a lot of t- Twitter is just like, uh, 
telling people what they want to hear, really, and then your tweet will blow up. So a lot of that was just like advice tweets and stuff. But by the time I started telling people more about the music stuff, it's like I start to see who actually cares and stuff. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of friends all over the world because of doing this stuff. But it was exhausting. I'll just say that much. And then once we got to pivot back into doing stuff in the live scene, it just got difficult because of the whole job stuff that I mentioned, you know, yeah. just doing so many different jobs. All right, quick timeout. I want to let everybody know that despite the summer being gone, right. uh, heading into the fall, does not mean that grilling season is over. No, if you have a grill, it is always grilling season. I feel like it's just getting started. And if you're grilling, if you're cooking, if you're doing any of that, make sure you do that with GrillYourAssOff.com. Taste the freedom! Exactly. Grill Your Ass Off is an awesome, awesome company. It is made in Texas. It is veteran-owned, and they were Small Business of the Year. Yeah, Veteran Small Business of the Year uh, 2023, which is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. They also just partnered with Sailor Jerry. Now, rum may be my personal uh, avoid-at-all-costs booze, but right. some people really love it. And I guess I guess I, I have to admit, even at its worst, it's delicious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's a new Sailor Jerry Ironsides barbecue sauce that you can check out, too. And anything that you decide to get at GrillYourAssOff.com, you want a deal? You want a special? You want some money off? Use a promo code. Bacon. Because everything's better with bacon. Yeah. Right? Hell yeah. Come on. 10% off. Get it on all of their jerkies, all of their seasonings, all of their condiments, even their swag. Their swag is pretty sweet. Yeah. Spread, so. some, spread some seasoning on those swags. So definitely head over to GrillYourAssOff.com. Use the promo code BACON for 10% off. And always remember to ask yourself one super important question. What's your bacon? Well, yeah, and everything's everything you do that's uh, on the artistic side of it, it's so all-encompassing and, like, full-time, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I know I just went on a big tangent, so. That's all right. That's what this show is built on. said some good stuff in there, too, uh, that, 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 like, I, that it hit me. So good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I love tangents. Tangents are the best. <laughs> um, so uh, I can't believe you finished you 100% of Witcher 3 in a month. <laughs> well, it's because, all right, I bought that and then Doom, I right. think. And I got locked in a level in Doom, and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to try Witcher instead. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was just do that with games. Yeah. So I bought that in a bargain bin for twenty dollars, and um, I was just trying to rush the story and just like play it because I had no back back in twenty nineteen days. Like I just did not have the time to enjoy my life. Like I was literally every venue on Long Island wanted me to book them every month. Like Velvet Lounge, they wanted me. AMH wanted me to book them. Uh, Shakers, I guess. Uh, there was a bunch of places that was just like, like I had no time. And then we were doing the open mics every other week in rotation with the chats and chills. Right. And then we also had the video game and chills, which kind of like was a thing on Wednesdays every week. Which is like I had to bring all my systems and stuff to hope that people would come out to a friggin' didn't like a damn bar to like play with strangers. <laughs> right. And I was just like, what are we thinking? And then we were always touring all the time. 
and then always trying to book events and like get all these touring bands out here and then also do you know stock and it's just like I'd like look at my bandmates weird if like they wanted to go like see a movie or buy a video game because I just never I never spend money on anything for myself. All I did was spend money on food and gas and I saved on anything for the music stuff. Like all I did was spend money on the band or if I was going to a show. Literally all I did was live it to the point that I forgot that I was a person. Like people probably looked up to to what my work ethic was but i didn't even know who i was anymore which is why becoming a streamer even if i didn't really like think that was what i wanted to do allowed me to kind of ask questions like who the hell am i and uh what do i like what do i care about and what don't i care about and i feel like the version of who i am now especially being humbled time and time again by having to deal with job things um but also still having a lot of friends in high places it's just like and having all these medication problems it's just like i feel like i'm more of a person even if i don't feel like i'm where i want to be all the time but it's also like there's no right way of like progressing in music it's like i feel like people tell me that i'm like the best at like promoting or something like my band but i feel like my path has been written uh by promoting everyone else instead of myself you know like you'll see me talking about you guys before you start seeing me talking about myself or like you know doing you know stock or whatever it is and i know it's like oh yeah you have one you know stock but it's like also i spend every year working on it and we spend many thousands of dollars on it <laughs> and a lot of time thinking about it and you know people get mad at you when you don't get to pick them even though it's literally so many hours in one day that you can have it's like there's always the next right. year or the yeah. next year but it's just like you know that's why i made another stage <laughs> so we can have more people play and literally have it like one after the other one after the other and stuff but uh but yeah it's just like I uh, I just never liked how it felt like it could be a competition because it's like why don't we just be all kind of like this symbiotic actually a community because like I'm not competing with any other festival you know it's like we are literally in every other festival <laughs> because we're bringing our stage there and we're friends with all these people and we're friends with all these bands you know we're just trying to like have a good time. Uh, yeah, I, I I relate a lot to to some of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I I had the lot. I had that. Uh, I've had that rep also. You know, like when I I moved here and I lived in my van for like six, six seven years. Like I lived in a van in the re in the rehearsal studio, and all I did was band, and all I did was, you know, every dollar came in went to band. Every minute of the day was band, and. I didn't have a place because I wanted to be able to go on tour and I couldn't afford to go on tour if I was paying rent. So I was like, I'll live in the van and I'll live in the studio because I'm not from New York and all that kind of stuff. And I got a lot of, um, you know, the same kind of things that, that you get of people being like, oh man, your work ethic and this and that and the other. And it was like, but you get into this point where you're like, uh, I don't even know 
who I am right now or what I actually care about or because I've now now I'm in a cycle of wake up do this do this do this what's on the calendar what's on the schedule what's on my phone what do I need to get done what you know who what do I need to flyer for what show mm-hmm. do I need to ha- be at if I'm at that show how many you know we were Back then, I was printing CDs or stickers or something like that. And it was like, how many of those do I need? Do I have what I need? Do I need to order more things? If I need to order more things, who do I need to talk to about? Where are we getting the money? How we do, you know? Were you waking up in the morning already texting people? Or you texting people in the shower because you just couldn't even, like, wait to get out of it? Right, yeah. There was just (laughs) no, you know, you're you're hitting send on an email right before you got to get in your car, like, get out of your car to go into whatever job you have and then on breaks you're answering emails and doing the same you know like at the job i feel that i feel that a lot man and it's i definitely i'm glad that you are um not that you're coming out of something like that because you're still working your ass off but like i'm glad that you're finding like who you are and who you what you care about and the things that are important to you in all that and and even making a little time you know what I mean? I found that that helped me a lot. I had to, or I was, or you know, I was spiraling <laughs> so many times yeah. where it was just like, okay, all right, I need to come out of this. Otherwise, I'm not coming out of this, you know? Yeah. Mm. So I definitely feel that. Uh, everything you were saying, I was like, oh my God, someone else, <laughs> someone else too. Well, it's like, you know, I'm talking to all my friends and like, you know, I'm friends with like one of my sisters in the scene is Lindsay. She uh, she was pretty much running Cradle of Elf, and like when we're talking to each other, it's like we all pretty much have a similar story. Or it's like my friends we just had from Heartsick. Uh, they we brought them to Mister Beery's like a month after I saw you guys, and they're playing all the big festivals. They just came from incarceration. Like they were literally coming from it when we had them and uh, they're playing Blue Ridge Rock and all these things. And I'm like talking to him. He was like the first person I told when I was like leaving the tattoo apprenticeship, whatever. And I'm just like, how do you feel like, or how are you handling things? Like, what are you managing? And like, are you happy with like whatever's going on and so on and so forth? And he's just like, he told me what's on his plate. And I'm just like, to quote courage the cowardly dogs like <laughs> the things you do for love there's just so much shit it's like yeah. impossible to like even fathom why we do it but it's like just because we are it's just because we want to be doing it and but it's like we always think that everyone else just has it easier or something it's like a grass is greener on the other side but like other people have it just as hard but it's just relative it's yeah. always kind of sucky and they probably see someone else and they're just like i wish i was doing what they're doing but it's like we could be talking to like Chester R.A.P. and he probably was thinking, "I wish I could have been like this person," you know? Yeah, yeah. Even when you're at that level, and it's just there are people that say that about me, and I'm just like, "Come on, <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, yeah. you're never gonna be happy uh, when you're like thinking, oh, someone that person's not even that good. Why are they that high?' Or also like. Uh, they are so like so far over there. I don't think I'll ever get there. Or like, I wish I had what they had. It's just like, just sometimes you gotta take a look back at what you already did, and just just take a damn breath and just appreciate what you did because 
I was talking to the guys from Dino Skate Park yesterday at the party, and I was talking about the first four shows I had. It was I was playing at this church with some dudes, and it was like some covers and some originals. Then I played Munostock. It was our first show. It was a couple covers. It was a couple three acts, whatever. Then there was a showcase I did with like two hours of prep <laughs> at my first college. And I was like, I'm not confident in this, guys. But we played 100 people. And I was like, uh, okay, thanks. Um, anyway, and then, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because the fourth show I played was the first show, first show in the music scene at Sinclair's with Rolex Mornum. And it was two or three days after I got out of a psych ward from trying to kill myself from my first college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back then I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot to live for. I didn't really have like a significant other to really like rely on or like look at or look to. I didn't have any pets yet. Uh, my family was progressively more distant because I had went to college for the first time and they all thought I was having a good time. And all my friends were all doing their own thing, and I didn't see them anymore. And I went to a music college where they were all basically like, "Say goodbye to everybody. You need to become a triple A percent, triple uh, A student. Otherwise, no one's gonna want to work with you." And so I got through one semester, and I did really well. But then I uh, took a bunch of pills, and then I was like, "I guess I'm gonna die before my finals." And then I woke up, and I was like, "Yeah." I hope I know how to play the piano. And then I <laughs> threw up and uh, I went to, I drove out to Five Towns and I barely got through it because I kept falling asleep at the lights. And then once I got there, I had this like thing where I saw this teacher who was like really mad at me because we were trying to do band practice when they were doing a play for like some sort of like western play or whatever but we were like directly right in front of like the room where they were doing in the auditorium they're like this is great no but this is not what we're doing right now it's not rag time and i'm just like well okay so i guess we had to stop being a van for tonight anyway but yeah basically she was like she thought i was just being a like a drug addict or something and i was like yeah i try to kill myself and then she gave me this blanket she just became a mother all of something and now i still have that blanket because she just put it on me and then a million, like the cops showed up, the freaking uh, ambulance showed up, uh, fire department, everything before the ambulance. It was funny. And I was just like, where are the right people going to show up? Anyway. <laughs> and then, you know. There's no fire. <laughs> I'm on fire. And then, you know, I was just, before that, I was high, dry heaving and everything. But then, you know, I said all the wrong things to the doctors, right. which was the truth. Mm -hmm. And then I got institutionalized for a week. And I met a lot of crazy characters. I never told this story on a podcast, so I'll tell you at least one of these stories. Besides all, like, the weird people trying to, like, violate me that were, like, having a crush on me, which was entertaining. But um, I did play a show there in the psych ward. I mean, that's not the funny thing. It was funny because once I got off suicide, all art, um, I did get my guitar. And I played an acoustic uh performance of some shitty songs that i don't remember to a bunch of grandmas and some like gangsters that were like in the psych war that were probably just on a bunch of drugs and like the brain was gone but they were like in a dove another room and 
um like this dude i think his name was reggie i wrote a song about him once i got out literally like christmas morning christmas eve morning and i was just in my room and i stepped out because i think he actually entered my room you're not allowed to do that and uh i remember him going in his room and then he walked out he's like <laughs> and then walked into like the common room and i saw one of the nurses go in there and she just had like this scream turned out she's just like he's shit everywhere <laughs> so yeah reggie the gangster decided he was shitting all over the freaking room and that was hilarious to me because i was just like this guy is insane and i remember one morning i woke up like really early in the morning and i wanted to go watch tv but I didn't want to change it. So I was just like, I guess, sports or something. And Reggie's just standing in front of the TV. It's just me and him. And he's just standing, facing the TV. He can't see the TV. He's just standing in front of it. And all of a sudden, he just starts taking his pants off. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> all right, I'm going to walk out of here. Reggie? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're dictating this ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I was eating breakfast, and this one other girl came in, and uh, she just, I'm just sitting there, and I was like, I asked her a question, and she just looked at me, she just screamed, and then she face panted into a bowl of cereal, <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was like, I gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> Right, yeah. I gotta get out of okay. here. These people are nuts. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I learned my lesson. I'm terrible at killing myself. Yes, the moral of that story is I told my friends about that, and they said, what an absence the scene would have had if that all happened and worked out, or right, I died. And I was like, crazy. Hey, have you ever wondered how you could actually help the show out? I mean, not, not just like listening and giving a five-star review or buying a t-shirt or working a little with bit sponsors. of extra zazz yeah are you one of those people that likes extra stuff mm. that likes a little bit more can't spell extraordinary without that little extra exactly so if you like that stuff if you want a little bit of extra bacon like huh. tasting shows and cooking shows and yeah. early access to app uh, episodes I mean, shoot, you can't get any earlier than live. That's true. Every week we do our discussion and drinks live for our patrons over at patreon.com slash bacon is my podcast. Check it out. Check out the tiers. See what's right for you. Help us out. We love you. Thanks for being a part of it. Remember to ask yourself, what's your bacon? Yeah. You know, it's uh, and we, we've talked also about like, you know, like what the hell is the meaning of life? You know, yeah. and we talk about like, okay, as long as you can kind of leave leave your surroundings better than you found them. Mm -hmm. right? You know, like if you're if you're the type of person that you bring something to the people that you're surrounded by and you enrich their lives or you enrich their scene or what their day to day or, or whatever it is. And if you're not enriching it, at least you're also not taking it away. We're not here to be goalies. We're not here, right. you know, if you can't assist somebody in their situation, get the fuck out of their way. Leave them alone. 
But yeah. if you can, do everything you can to do it. And I think the moral of the story is, uh, hey, you're, you're, you've done that and you're doing that. So that's... Yeah. Uh, you ever watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life? I have seen it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched that for the first time like a month ago, and I was like, I didn't expect the movie from like the 40s or so to hit me so hard, but right. I know Allie and I were like, ah! <laughs> he did so many things that were good to people! And yeah. we didn't know until they did the Christmas past or like, what if he didn't live kind of scenario. Right, right. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, that's I one of those things. Sure. That's one of those things, you know, that uh, I, I've i said a bunch of times, like, I write songs so that I don't drive off a bridge. You know what I mean? And But it's like, that used to be completely 100% true. And now uh, I, I can say that, like, through, like, growing and figuring things out and talking to people and working on myself, that I still write songs so I don't drive off a bridge. But I, I do other things in life <laughs> also. So, so that maybe maybe I can talk to somebody else that's not going to drive off a bridge or I can right. find Man. other reasons you know like there's there's a million reasons to do cool stuff for people and and to 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 make things better or to improve things and there's uh there's not really ever any good reasons to to take that away right you know and that's something that I've definitely learned uh the hard way many times and then through a lot of <laughs> thought and it's another parallel screaming into a mirror you know what i mean yeah like with the rentals it's funny because when we all started we were always like it was a little bit of pride in me being like who made this stage it's like yeah if we give this to other people it's like then what do we have you know for our own self but just like well if we give it to everyone else and everyone else could have that cool stage to like feel like a rock star that day or whatever they want to do because we've had people do like speeches and stuff or like panels and uh so on and so forth and it's just like sometimes you just got to give that thing you feel like is too dear to yourself to other people so everyone else can have a piece of it so everyone else could have 100 percent like something that they can enjoy out of it i don't know it I don't know. It's like it's it's also funny because there's some appreciation that we get from the fact that we built our own stage instead of having it like just something we bought and then just give people and just like yeah. mark it up or whatever. Because we're not like we're a reasonable price. I'm not going to say where our price is because we just try to make deals based off of what it is because we also right. have a lot of different things we can offer. But it's just like we built that out of wood. Someone asked me, it was like, what is it made of? I'm like, wood. <laughs> it's like yeah we just decided we googled it and we figured it out <laughs> and uh they're like yeah diy do i die i'm like yeah that's how we're gonna die because <laughs> we're just so drunk all the time. <laughs> that's a fun thing to say <laughs> diy till i die or death by diy right, right. <laughs> one of the two <laughs> i think both those should be on the front and back of a shirt yes have a that have, shirt. Have DIY till I die on the front, and then have a tombstone on the back that just says "Death by DIY." Yeah. I uh, think that that also translates. Uh, well, not that, but like even with Allie, Allie was like our exclusive artist to a degree. Like, not that like I own her artwork or anything, but like I was like she does such a special thing, and I feel like that's like our thing. But then I was like, 
that could also be another thing for money. And so, like, she was starting to do things with a lot of other bands. And, like, she did all this stuff with, like, Poppy. And I can't say another massive artist because I'll tell you when we're not recording it. Oh. But it's even bigger Poppy's than... awesome. Yeah, Poppy's yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty damn and, yeah. sick. <laughs> and Poppy's artwork and art direction is always completely on incredible. So. Yeah, she was working on a comic book with her. And nice. uh, that... She had like the covers done by Allie and some other posters and stuff. That's amazing. Um, and, uh, but it's just like sometimes when you feel like you got something special, you just got to let people have a piece of that. And that's kind of what me on stock was all about because, like, you could always just like make it, keep it a private thing, make it like this weird thing you always gate people, gatekeep people out of. But, like, uh, that's not fun. It's like, Right. could always be like a punk festival or a metal festival but like there's there's a, a crazy level of stress trying to coordinate with completely different walks of life when you're trying to get people that don't do the same things as right. each other because like you know i do the ticket song and dance with like i play that new show yeah i wasn't like Oh, would you like to do this for free? Because I think you're really beautiful. Like right. it was like no, I had I had responsibilities when I took that up. And you know, there's a lot of other people when they play a show, they just kinda wanna like uh just be on it and they don't wanna put work into it. And you know, we put a lot of work into Munostock and when people if they wanna play Munostock, we're gonna expect everyone if they're gonna play it. We're gonna want you to care about it just as much as anyone else that's yeah. playing it. So it's like we're gonna give you the resources to promote it. Just handshake deal it. Just be like, do good by us, and we'll do good by you, and everything. Being as vague as possible, but like, we just we've had so many experiences in the past when we didn't treat it like a business, where like people would just show up and. People didn't want to pay. People didn't bring their instruments. People showed up high yeah. and during their set. It's just like, come on, guys. It's just like, we got we to gotta put on our big boy pants. And right. we got to, like, I don't care what you think is normal. Today is when we got to do everything with the same rules and be professional. Well, I think there there's a big... And, and, you know, like, some people, they have they have substance abuse problems or whatever it is. But, like, I feel, I feel like the big, the big misconception when it comes to being in a band and performing and all that kind of stuff is that huge distinction. And we talk about it all the time. It's like, this is a job. Yeah. Like, yeah, to a lot of people, picking up a guitar and learning how to play guitar and all that stuff... That is uh, a hobby. And to the vast majority of people, being a musician is a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the way it is across the board. And when you show up at a Munostock or something like that, there's a lot of fucking work that goes into any event. Yeah. Even, a, even just like a regular show. Yeah. Like, the booking, the promotion, the, the you know, if you're getting tickets, that that kind of stuff. So, but but I think that people don't treat it that way because everybody, like, not everybody, but like a vast majority treats it as, well, this is just a hobby that I do, mm -hmm. and I just like doing it because it's my hobby. 
and that's valid. It's just that you know, don't sign up for something. Also, if you're not ready for it, the minute you start to work with somebody else that is doing it at a at a certain level, you have to up to their level. You can't expect people to come down to wherever you're comfortable. Right. If you're working with people, and, and you should always be working with people that are above and working to a higher level anyway, because that's what is going to push you to be better and push you to work harder. You know, like, I, it's as simple as uh, giving away tickets to a show instead of selling tickets to a show. Mm-hmm. If I give you a ticket, that ticket has zero value. Zero value to you or to the show. If you pay for it, now there's a value, right? If I give you a CD for free, my songs have no value to you. But if you bought it, there's a value. There's a value to a t-shirt. There's a value to uh, a sticker, to anything. You know, if you're gonna, if I give away a sticker to somebody and I say, look, all I need you to do is here's another one and stick it up somewhere. Then I've created a value. If you don't, if you don't put a value on what you're offering and, and who you are and what you're doing, no one else is going to either. If so, you don't care about what you're doing, no one else is going to. And why should they? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's um, so many other people vying for people's attention, and you need to prove why they should. Exactly. You know? Yep. There's a lot of people that are good. Being good isn't inherently special. Right? right. Being talented isn't really special either. Um the work that you put in, the connection that you can make with people, the effort that you put in, the feeling that you give to an audience or to someone you work with, um, you know, and that goes back to, you know, the, 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 the anti-gatekeeping thing of like, if I can do this thing that's special and I share it with you, I'm now sharing something special with you and I'm making you understand and feel and have a resource that is also able to make you do something special. It's like anyone can make their own muno stock technically, but are you going to get to that level? It's a matter of whether you're going to want to devote that time and everything. But also, a lot of people want to like fly before they can crawl. You know, muno stock wasn't this all the time. We started off as a house show for five years. It was free until the last year. It was a fundraiser for Shannon's late cousin who had cancer, and then he passed away. He did our album artwork for our first album. And, you know, it was one of those things where, like, when the sixth year was coming and we were going to, like, don't want to press our luck, the cops might eventually finally come on us. And so we're like, we got to move this somewhere. So we became uh, what we brought to the mall. And this is where we had the first time where we had to worry about money for the first time. Because it was always just like, if we made money, we made money. Like, if any money came in. And this was, like, first time we had, like, I, I don't know. The mall could have been over a $1,000-something to be worrying about. But then we were finally putting in vendors and so on and so forth. And then the mall was screwing us over. And they were bringing, like, T-Mobile and all the restaurants in. But then not considering what money they were bringing in. And then putting it towards our stuff. And then right. all these, like, companies were getting really confused and, like, what is even happening? And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Why is there a shoot fucking festival happening literally right next to my stage? <laughs> they didn't say any of this was going to happen, but they don't care what we feel. Um, but anyway, but what I was bringing this up for is just like, 
making that jump from a house show to being at a mall like you had people that did not want to come and support us because we weren't free anymore like right. i have to spend ten dollars this was always free i'm like yeah it was free for half a decade dude it's like friggin' cough yeah. up ten dollars so you can support us and because we didn't even have fencing properly that was one of the years where like people just even if they showed up they just didn't want to pay like some a lot of people paid but a lot of people were just like nah and i'm just like that's great that's why we're not doing it anymore because we need to have it in a place where like we could funnel people into an entrance so they have to go through it and be like right. what is in here and so that's why station sports has been such a good spot because there's only one entrance unless you have the key to the gate and we're the only ones who have the gate key so um and those are the only gates that we will keep locked <laughs> so people don't try to break yeah. it <laughs> wow that's that's Again, you you built value. You know what I mean, and oh, yeah. that's and and any band that's on that has to realize that like, okay, you took a risk, you built a value, you did a thing. They have to respect that, and they have to, and they, sure. and they should. Otherwise, you know, you get one one shot, <laughs> right, right. You know, and then it's like, all right, well, you don't respect this, you don't respect the stage, you don't respect the work, you don't respect it. So, you can go play free things, right? Yeah, I mean, we've had years. I'm not going to like name names. It's like, I remember one year someone wasn't happy with their set time. So they edited the flyer and put like frowny faces on everyone. Like all the, like the artwork. It's such a, they weren't even first. Like they weren't even first. It was so funny because I was just like, the the event started early in general, but like, they were like maybe the latter half of the beginning. Right. It's like ridiculous. What are you doing? <laughs> Come on. And it's always the people that don't bring anything for anyone to the event that get really mad. And like yep. it's the people that are like father before me on this year. It's like I'm not gonna say anything bad about him ever in my life because he's also like basically that's like my other band. I'm not even playing in it. I'm gonna be in some of those music videos hopefully. But it's his first show with this band. He got a band to do it, and I have them direct supporting us because I believe in what they're doing, and I gave them more tickets than anyone else because they just... He kept asking me. I gave him my tickets. Like I'm just like, I don't even know what to do, dude. Like You asked for so many, and he's just like, I'm going to get as many people here as possible because I want this to be the only thing that matters for the rest of the year for me. And he's just, like, coming up with all these different ways of promoting the event. And that's a lot of the people at the event. Like, I was at a show, that the thing we rented yesterday. People there were like, yeah, I bought a ticket from one of the bands on the festival. And I was like, heck yeah. So Thanks, man. Yeah. So, before we wrap up here, let everybody know all about Munostock. Where they could go to get tickets and... What, what bands are playing besides yourself, of course, and uh, everything going on, Muckrakers. Where, where can they find right. out all that stuff? All the stuff. So, uh, you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook. So, Instagram, it's the Muckrakers Li and Munostock, and on Facebook, the Muckrakers or Munostock. Uh, on Muck, 
on Munal stock this year, we have us being the Muckrakers headlining it. On main stage, we have Father Before Me, Justice LeBrave, Heavy on the Heart, Crisis Crowns, Agony of the Fallen, Ronin, The Space Turtles was recently added, uh, Vinny Hollow, Noah, and then on the Be Good Entertainment side stage, we have uh, Audrey Jones, C7, which is a rap group, All One, which is a rapper, and uh, Ty the Truth, and Matt Giordano, and then Crispy uh, Dorado. We have a bunch of different genres thrown into this between rock, metal, uh, electro, freaking pop stuff, uh, R&B, rap, um, freaking, what the hell was I just talking about? Like, indie, spacey, jam, funk music, uh, what the heck is this? Ska music, uh, Father Before Me is, is a one-person band, but then he finally got a bunch of other people to play with him, and basically is like, progressive skate punk basically i guess you can say heavy on the hearts like pop rock pop punk and uh you know everything under the sun i guess nice and then muck after mino stock is playing ronin's uh ep no album release show at shakers uh got tickets right here uh on October 14th, which is a Saturday. And uh, we just turned down a couple of shows to play with some big bands. Not going to say the name because that sounds rude. But <laughs> otherwise, we would have something else to talk about. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Nice. The timing. We just got to make priorities, you know? Yeah, I, I believe it. I believe it, man. Well... Dude, thank you so much for spending so much time with us. Yeah, we really honestly, appreciate it's been it. Fun. Been cool. Really appreciate hanging out and stuff like that, and appreciate what you do for for our scene because, like, again, you're you're making it a better place, and uh, you're leaving it better off than it was when we uh, when we first got here. So, That's thank what we're you. all trying to do. We're just trying to do it, <laughs> right? No, well, you know, I don't. I'm just. Just doing whatever, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you're appreciated, and uh, thank you for all of it. And thanks for hanging out. Yeah, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, so, thanks for having us. Hope you had some different questions. Hope you, hope you, hope you, uh, hope it was different than than an interview. I feel like I had the pop tart kind of question before about right, right. the whether it's a ravioli kind <laughs> of right, yeah, thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's a similar theme. Yeah. Other than that. You hit me with some ones that I never had. All right, good, good. Cool. That's the goal. And uh, we'll just hit everybody at home with one very special question. Just remember to ask yourselves every day, what is that thing that makes your life better? What is it that leaves your day a little bit better than it was when you found it? What makes your life a little more tasty? Mm. What's your bacon? Wait a minute, what's your, what's your answer? <laughs> And there we go. We talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about a lot of stuff. We we are all over the place in that episode. Like, yeah, we get to some heavy shit, and then we get into some fun shit. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot more in common with Kyler than I realized prior to this. Yeah, which is interesting. Hell yeah! You know, it was just some of the there's just certain things that 
that he was talking about where I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you hit on things. Getting flashbacks and stuff too. It was yeah. just like, whoa. Yeah. So but, very uh, cool. Very yeah, cool it was really awesome talk. It was it was nice it was nice to talk to him and not have to yell. Right. Because I'm always talking to him at shows. So I'm always having to talk to him like this. That's true. Um, so that's this true. was nice that it was like indoor voices. So, yeah. Yeah. Indoor voices was good. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Exactly. Um, I hope that uh, at some point this summer or whatever time you're doing this, you're cooking with some Grill Your Ass Off stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hope you're keeping uh, your nether regions uh, shiny, so fresh and so clean, clean. Yeah, uh, chesticles, testicles, cheeks, all those things. Manscaped. All those things. Uh, our favorite, by far, clearly, the uh, crop mops. Yes. Yeah. Favorite product. Uh, uh, bar none. And it's not even close. And I literally use everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that favorite. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Jimmy, where can they find you uh, and your stuff? Jimmy G Shoes on all the socials. You can find my band Craving Strange at CravingStrange.net. You can find the stuff that I am doing with you, sir. Bacon is my passion. We're never going to say it like that. He means that. passion. Yeah. He means passion. I shouldn't Don't say, say it like that. that. I should never say it like that. Yeah, Bacon is my passion. Uh, all that stuff you can find at BaconsMyPodcast.com, where you can find everything having to do with this show, all of our great sponsors, like Great Your Ass Off, like Drink Wild Bills, like Manscaped, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, some t-shirts, some cool merch, all that kind of stuff. Well, King and I, etc., 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 etc. Yeah, find all that stuff there. Where they find you personally at me, my own self, Mike. You can see my personal goings on. Uh, something you didn't mention about Craving Strange, but you have a show coming up, as do I. Yeah, uh, with a buddy of ours, mm-hmm. Joey Demaco, uh, who will be on very soon. Neon Skyline, uh, Neon release, Skyline release show. Release show Very and exciting. Jimmy and the cra- Jimmy and the Craving Strangers are playing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be doing a solo I lobbied thing. to try and change the name to that. I got outvoted. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, but I am going to be doing a solo show there. Uh, a little acoustic thing. Going to mm-hmm. be doing a little bit of everything from everything that I do. I like it. Uh, throughout the years. So keep an eye out for that on my personal social at me. My yeah. own Mikey, self. And Mike. the, Mikey and the Tone Defs. Right. Exactly. Uh, and me, pers- uh, in my band, at Something Heavy Music on the socials, um, except for Twitter, apparently. Right. So We X. got new music. Oh, right. I'm sorry. We talked about that. <laughs> he must be using brand. <laughs> X. Uh, so, yeah. Check us out. We got a new single coming out. Keep an eye out. Yes. Yo, Mikey and the Tone Depths is a good name. Uh, yeah, I might be using that. That's a good name. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but until next time, um, I gotta. I, we need to like copyright that now. Yeah. And then, then <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely, definitely use that. Yeah. 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 Uh, till next time, always remember to ask yourself one super duper important your question. What's your bacon? World peace. My getting tone deafs. <laughs>